0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Let's get this party started. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Let me tell you something. There are so, so many reasons why I am excited today. First, and most importantly, this is Easter. This is Easter weekend, and believers all over the world today are celebrating the fact that 2,000 years ago, our loving Heavenly Father sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to the earth to be born of a virgin, to be hunted down like a dog, to hide like a refugee, to live a perfect life, to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to set the captives free, to be abandoned by his closest friends at his time of greatest need, to take a beating, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, to carry his own cross up a hill called Calvary, to have a crown of thorns jammed down on his head, to have spikes driven into his feet and his hands, a sword plunged into his side, to then be suspended between heaven and earth and die a criminal's death on a cross to be laid in a tomb and then three days later kick Satan in the teeth, conquer the grave, rise from the dead, just like he said he would, and start a revolution. And that's why we're here. That's why you're here, because God loves you that much. So he did all of that so that you could come home. That's how much you matter to him. And that's what we celebrate each and every Sunday here at Coastal, not just today. And I am also excited because today, this weekend, is our church's 29th anniversary. Our first Sunday as a church was Easter Sunday, 1990. I was 22 years old. 29 years now of sharing the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. 29 years of loving and serving our community. 29 years of just doing life together. But let me share something with you. God is not done with me yet. I'm Benjamin Buttoning. I am. And he he is not done with coastal. In fact, as your grandma once said, hold on to your fork because what? The best is yet to come. I believe that. I believe that. Listen, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor right now and say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Hey, and if you're single with us today, you're welcome, okay? You just got to pretend you're in a serious relationship with somebody. So, um, hey, another reason, another reason I'm so excited today is because we're kicking off a brand new series, and it's called This Is Jesus. How many of you have seen, are familiar with, or maybe even hooked on the television show, This Is Us? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yeah, my wife and I, that's one of our favorite shows. We, uh, we watch it. We were hooked on the fir- from the first episode. Great show to binge watch. Now, the idea of the show is very simple. It, it just follows the people and events in the life of a family. That's it. But... The way they do it is they, they go back in time uh, periodically, and normally, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of flashbacks. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again, you know, but th- it's not with this show. They, they really do. They just kind of suck you in, and then, bam, you see it. You know, and sure, it's at the end of the episode, but it all kind of comes together. It all makes sense, and all of a sudden, you see how these events and people throughout their lives are all kind of interconnected and have led them to where they are today. Hence, this is us. Now, in a way, uh, that's kind of what we're going to do with this series. This is Jesus. We're going to go back in time, uh, and we're going to take a look at the story of Jesus. In this series, in the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about the people, events, and stories of his life, but we're not going to stop there. What I hope is going to happen for you, what I hope happens each and every Sunday here at Coastal, is that all of a sudden, you're going to have A moment. You're going to have a moment where, bam, you see it. You know, it it all makes sense. All of a sudden, the story and the person of Jesus is made real and personal and connected to you and your life today. Each week of this series, it's my prayer that you're going to get a bigger and better picture of who Jesus is. And we're going to talk about things like, you know, this is Jesus, He meets my everyday needs. This is Jesus. He he understands the the storms of life that I go through and the trials and the temptations. This is Jesus. He calms my, my anxiety, my fear. This is Jesus. He directs my path. In fact, I hope that today you'll decide now to join us for the rest of this series. In fact, Ryan, uh, Pastor Ryan referenced our uh, Connect card this morning, and you'll notice on the back of your Connect card, the next step, the first next step today is I will make the This Is Jesus series a priority. I hope you'll check that box and just make an effort uh, to be here for uh, the length of this series. Now, traditionally, leading up to Easter, you probably have seen uh, all kinds of shows or movies or documentaries on on Jesus. In fact, CNN had one recently called Finding Jesus, Faith, Fact, or Forgery. The History Channel had theirs, uh, The Real Face of Jesus. PBS did one called uh, From Jesus to Christ. Now, I like this next one. National Geographic entitled theirs, The Jesus Mysteries. And it kind of sounded a little bit like the Scooby-Doo Mysteries, and so I kind of pictured Jesus, you know, solving crime, <laughs> you know, out of the back of a van or something. Um, but, but in all these shows, let me ask you, what are they doing well, they're still trying to make sense of who Jesus is. Listen, still, today, after 2,000 years, the most important influential person who has ever walked the face of the planet, more than any other ruler, politician, sports figure, movie star, musician, is still Jesus. He turned the world upside down. I mean, history is literally split into B.C. and A.D. based on the birth of who? Jesus. Jesus. We're fascinated by him. We want to understand who he is. Now, I actually think that's a good thing. Because, listen, you want to make sure that you get this right. I don't believe that there's anything more important in this world in this life than for you to figure out who Jesus is. And that's exactly what I want to have happen for you during this series. This is Jesus. You see, wherever you are in your journey of faith right now, I hope that in the weeks ahead, you're going to come face-to-face with who Jesus is. And you're going to discover how he impacts your, your everyday life. Now, we're going to begin this journey today Uh, with a flashback of our own. We're going to go back to the book of Matthew in the New Testament of the Bible. And uh, in this particular story, uh, Jesus really has a a pretty fascinating encounter with his disciples. Now, at this point, the context is is that Jesus and these disciples, they've been together for a couple of years. They've spent time together. They've had long discussions. Uh, They've heard Jesus teach. They've seen him perform some amazing miracles. They've been uh, kicked out of towns together. And yet, and yet, Even they are still just a little confused about who Jesus is. You see, they knew all about Jesus, but they didn't fully know him yet. By the way, that's exactly where some of you might be right now. And that's okay. You know, I I believe that we're all at different places in our journey and our understanding of Jesus. In fact, maybe you're here today, and like many people from the deep south... You know, you grew up going to church. Here in the Deep South, we believe in college football, NASCAR, and church. You know, that's just in other words, it's just part of the culture, the thing that you do. Well, maybe when the time came that you could make the decision for yourself, you kind of drifted away from church. You know, you kind of, you know, stopped going. And so now, today, you're familiar with some of the basics, you know some of the stories, but you've never really developed a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you were being honest, you know, he really doesn't have much of an effect on your everyday life. For others of you, um, you're here today under duress. You lost a bet. <laughs> um, you know, you finally gave in, and uh, you decided you'd get your friend or your parents off your back and uh, come to church with them. You're not even sure about the whole God, Jesus, or Bible thing. Or maybe you're here today because you heard we have hot chicks and hunky guys, and uh, which we do. We have a whole dating evangelism team. And... Uh, no, I'm just joking. Some of you got real excited, didn't you? are like, whoa, sign me up for that, Pastor Chris. Or maybe, maybe you're here because Jesus does fascinate you. You got that postcard in the mail, and it said something about Jesus and who he is, and you want to learn more. And then there are many of you here today who would join me in saying that Jesus is your very best friend that he is your everything. He is your savior and the Lord of your life. You see, that's exactly where the disciples were. They were all just at different levels of understanding and knowing Jesus. So Jesus comes up to them and he says, hey guys, I got a question for you. Who do people say the son of man is? You know, the people all around us all the time, the people that are, you know, hang, we're hanging out with, you know, what's the word on the street? Who are they saying that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So they give all these answers, but then Jesus cuts right to the heart of the matter and he asked the disciples the only question that ultimately matters. And he asked what I believe is the most important question of life and one that every single person in this room, every single one of us has got to wrestle with and answer for ourselves. Here's the question that Jesus asked his disciples. And by the way, it is the foundation for this entire series. Then he asked them, who do you say that I am? You see, Jesus basically was saying, listen, I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter what other people say about me. What matters is, who do you say that I am? Now, again, the truth is, again, you, you can turn on the History Channel, CNN, and, and they're going to try to tell you their opinion of Jesus. You've got friends in your life, they don't know anything about the Bible, but they got an opinion about Jesus, and they're going to try to tell you. You've got uh, other people, you know, your parents, your spouse, but let me tell you something. Listen, none of that really matters. None of it does. What really matters and what Jesus cares about, what he cared about 2,000 years ago, and what applies to us today is that what he cares about right here and right now is this. Who do you say that I am? Now, as we begin this series, I want you to wrestle with this question. Because if you, if you want to meet the real Jesus, if you want to experience him in your life, if you want to have a greater understanding of who he is, you've got to wrestle with and answer this question for yourself. It's the most important question you're ever going to be asked in life. Now, I do want to caution you, though. Don't get fooled into thinking what so many people today in our culture think and say about Jesus. Well, you know, Jesus was a great teacher and a good man, but I don't really buy the whole God thing. C.S. Lewis once wrestled with the same question. C.S. Lewis was a professor at Cambridge University, one of the most famous theologians of the last century. But before, before he became a Christian, he was an agnostic. He didn't know if he believed in God, let alone Jesus. But at one point in his life, he came face to face with the same question that Jesus was asked 2,000 years ago, uh, the question that he asked Peter. Who am I? Who do you say that I am? Now, here's what he wrote. Here's what he said. I want you to listen to these words. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus. That I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That's the one thing we must not say. A man who's merely a man and said the the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a good moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the same level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be on the same level with a man who is the devil of hell. You must make your own choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something else. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He didn't leave that open to us and he didn't intend to. Now, Let's go back to this conversation between Jesus and his disciples today. I I want you to see how Jesus allowed himself to be identified, okay? Now, remember, Jesus asked, hey, who do people say that I am? And they gave all these answers about, you know, different prophets and different people. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? Now, the the most outspoken of all Jesus' disciples, a guy by the name of Peter, he jumps in with an answer. Look at his response, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He gets it right. Now we know that he gets it right because of how Jesus responds. Jesus says, you are blessed, Simon son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. In other words, Jesus was saying, yeah, Peter, you got it right. Now, but what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? And for our purposes today, what, if anything, does it have to do with you and me? You know, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, let me clear this up. Christ was not Jesus' last name, okay? There wasn't this sweet couple, Joseph and Mary Christ, and they didn't have a baby and named Jesus Christ, okay? And some of you need to hear loud and clear that his middle initial is not H. Jesus H. Christ, okay? That's not... That's not who he is, okay? Christ is actually the Greek word for Messiah. In fact, some of your translations might say, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Christ was a title. It was Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. The word Messiah has got a deep history and a lot of of powerful meaning. If you're taking notes, it comes from the Hebrew word, meaning the anointed one, chosen by God to Save his people. It's it's usually associated with the word the Savior. The Savior. Now that's important to understand because during this time in the first century, uh, the Jewish people were looking for a political Savior. They were looking for a military Savior. You see, they wanted somebody who was going to heal their broken nation, but Jesus came to heal our broken souls. They were looking for somebody who was going to conquer empires. But Jesus came to conquer our sin. He didn't just come for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel. He came so that the entire world, you and me, might be saved and be made right with God. Now, what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean when we say things like Jesus came to save? He's the Savior. You know, how does that happen? And why is it even necessary? Well, it's called the gospel. We call it the good news. In fact, we talk about it all the time here at Coastal. And really quickly, I'm going to try to explain it in a nutshell, how Jesus becomes my Savior. Number one, I humbly admit I need God's forgiveness. I humbly admit I need God's forgiveness. Now, guys, let's just lay our cards on the table today. I mean, admitting that we need forgiveness and that we've done something wrong, that's pretty hard, isn't it? It is. You know what? What? God created you, he made you, he loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And that's what you needed to hear today. Maybe that's the very thing you needed to hear. God drew you to himself today here at Coastal, and you need to hear that. And so God says, you know what, I want you to live your life this way. I want you to do life this way. Now, sin is where you and I say, you know what, God, no thanks. You know, I know what you want, I know what the Bible says, but I think I'm going to live my life my own way. I'm going to be my own boss. Now, the Bible calls that sin. And when we do that, it separates us from God. It breaks our relationship with God. And guess what? You ready for this? We all do it. We all sin. You, me, everyone. That's what the Bible says in Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned. All fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. Because God is perfect He's holy, and you and I are not. Now, don't get hung up on the word sin, that you're a sinner. You know what it means? It simply means to miss the mark, to fall short, as that verse says. You see, the standard of judgment, okay, the standard of comparison is not me. It's not Pastor Chris. It's not you. It's not your mean neighbor, your wicked coworker. By the way, we all have this uncanny ability to find people in our lives to compare ourselves to that we think we're better than, right? But guess what? That's not the standard either. It's not Billy Graham, it's not Mother Teresa, it's not the Pope. No. The standard of comparison, the standard of judgment, it's God. It's the holiness and perfection of God. Now, if that's the standard, if that's the mark, guess what? We all what? We all fall short. We all blow it. We all sin. Now, the consequences of that in our lives have always been the same from the beginning of time, from Adam and Eve until now. In fact, here's, here's how it's described in the Bible in Romans six twenty three: For the wages of sin, the consequences, the, the debt of sin is what? It is death. Circle that word, death. Now, when he says the word death here, he's talking about a spiritual death. He's talking about being separated from God forever, from his peace, his presence, his power and purpose in your life, here and now, but also for all eternity. He's talking about our sin keeping us out of heaven and spending our entire existence separated from him. That's why the Bible says this is such a big deal. That's why we got to deal with it. Now, the good news for us is, let's go back to that verse, That's not the end of that verse, is it? There's a huge, a big, big but here. It is the biggest but in the entire Bible. And I don't know about you, but I like big buts. No, anyway, I mean, this is good news. I want a little Sir Mix-a-Lot on you, I know. Anyway, so the first part is the bad news. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through, there's that word again, Christ Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, our Lord. You see, here it is. Jesus is God's gift to pay the penalty, to pay the cost for all of our sin, to overcome the consequences of it, to overcome that separation that we feel in our life between us and God, and to give us eternal life. But it all begins right here. It begins when you and I are willing to humble ourselves, and just to admit what we know in our heart. That we have blown it. That we need a Savior. What about you today? Can, can you admit that you need God? That's hard for us. Can you admit that you've sinned, that you've fallen short, that you need forgiveness, that you need a Savior? Let me be honest. Let me be honest. Until you do, your sin's going to stand between you and God, and you're never going to be right with him. Now, this is the first step in Jesus being your Savior. I humbly admit that I need one. I need him. But it doesn't end there. The second step to receiving God's forgiveness for him being your Savior, and it's just like Peter's confession, it's to believe. To believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah. I've got to believe it with my heart. I've I've got to embrace it with everything that I am, that Jesus is who he says he is. You know, John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible, puts it this way. For God loved the world. He loved you, you as an individual, so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone that what? What's the word? Believes in him. Will not perish, but have eternal life. He says, "Listen, everyone who believes in Him, that Jesus is who He says He is, what the Bible says about him, that puts their faith and trust in him, is not going to perish, but it's going to have life. Listen, if you want to know the real Jesus, this is at the heart of it. Because Jesus came into the world. To save us. What did what the shepherds announce, or the angels announce to the shepherd? A savior has been born. you see? That was his mission from the very beginning. And it went to the cross because on the cross, Jesus took my sin upon himself. I have to come, you know, I have to humbly admit that, that it was me, my sin, my past sin, my present sin, and my future sin that put Jesus on that cross. He took the punishment that I deserve on the cross so that I could. Have eternal life so that I could be made right with God. Now, this is important, and you got to see this today, especially today. It didn't end on the cross. You see, this is what we celebrate on Easter. Jesus actually proved his power over sin and death, and he proved that he was the Son of God, that he had the right and the ability to be the sacrifice for our sin. By rising from the dead and coming back to life on Easter Sunday morning. You see, Jesus, listen to this, the literal resurrected Christ. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. They gave their very lives for that fact. It turned the world upside down. And it is, it is the one and only thing that truly separates our faith, Christianity, from all other religions. Let me tell you something. You can go to the grave of every dead and gone religious leader and they will all say the same thing. Here lies Buddha, dead, gone. Here lies Mohammed, dead, gone. But let me tell you something. When they went to visit the tomb of Jesus, and get this, a tomb in which they rolled a huge stone in front of it to seal it shut, a tomb in which the Romans decided they better leave some soldiers there to guard this thing, this is what they found. Let this be your marching orders. Listen to these words again from Matthew 28 today on Easter Sunday, early on Sunday morning. As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake because an angel of the Lord from heaven came down and rolled the stone aside and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Do not be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And then listen to this. He is not here. He has been raised from the dead, just as he said would happen. He came back to life. He is alive. His tomb was empty 2,000 years ago, and I was just in Israel in November, and guess what? It is still empty to this day. He is alive. That is the one thing that separates, that is the one claim of our faith that separates us from all others. So what about you? Do you believe? Now, obviously, believing has got to be a lot more than just mental Assent, mental acknowledgement. You know, sure, Pastor Chris, I believe in the historical person of Jesus that he was a person and he existed in history. Nope. That's not what it means. It means you trust him. It means you trust him with your life. Listen, Jesus doesn't need another fan. He's looking for followers. He actually wants to lead your life. You see, when I say that Jesus is the Lord of my life, I'm saying he's God. I'm saying he's the leader of my life. I believe he gave his life for mine on the cross, and now I trust him. I trust him to show me how to live. I trust him to show me uh, how to make decisions. I, I believe. I believe. So, on Easter Sunday morning, let me ask you a very important question. Who do you believe Jesus is? What do you really believe about him? You've got to decide this one, guys. You've got to figure this one out. You know, one day at the end of your life, you're going to stand before Jesus, and you're going to have to answer the same question that Peter had to answer almost 2,000 years ago. Who do you say that I am? What are you going to say on that day? Trust me, you don't want to be trying to figure that one out when you're standing before Jesus at the end of time. It's going to be too late. So I want to encourage you right here and right now. If you have never believed in your heart that Jesus is the Christ. The Messiah. God's Son. That He died on a cross because He loves you. So that your sin, that right now stand between you and a relationship with God, they can all be wiped out. Forgiven if you've never done that, if you've never trusted in Jesus, listen, what are you waiting on? You're never going to get a better offer than that. And you can do it right here and right now. In fact, if you do, here's God's promise to you. Listen to this last verse, Romans ten thirteen. Everyone, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is, can be your Savior today. This, this is Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me right now. Let this be a time between you and God where you talk to Him right now. And I know maybe some of you are sitting here and you're like, Pastor Chris, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to pray. Listen, prayer is just Talking to God. It's just sharing with God what's on your heart. There's no right or wrong way. In fact, maybe just pray this simple prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, today, I humbly admit that I need your forgiveness. I admit it. Jesus, today, I believe. I believe that you are the Christ the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and I ask You to be my Savior. Jesus, today I put all of my hope, all of my trust in You and You alone, and for the rest of my days, I want to follow You. I want to follow You. In Your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.